0: So, what in late February, New Jersey, how's the weather over there right now?
1: Wild, uh, we had a lot of snow yesterday, whipping in all different directions. It was, um, incredible, but it's also been very springy at some points. It's, uh, it's kind of hard to gauge, but it's very cold right now.
0: So, quite changeable, yeah.
1: Yeah, oh man, uh, volatile, should we say. Extremely, yes.
0: Okay, um, I'm gonna put it into a lot of perspective for you, a lot of context for you. I'm gonna make your weather. Sound way more chilled, if you will, um, by comparing it to uh, a day in early March, quite a long time ago, right? 1876.
1: Okay. Okay. It's been a minute. It's
0: been a long time, but come back with me, if you will, to early March, 1876, to an area of Kentucky, Bath County in Kentucky. Okay. All right. Visualize for me, if you will, Mm. a cool spring morning. Mm -hmm. Clear skies, a nice chill breeze, perfectly pleasant, perfectly temperate.
1: That sounds lovely. Uh,
0: Picture for me, if you will, Mrs. Crouch. (laughs) Okay. Mrs. Crouch of Bath County, Kentucky, working in her garden, uh, making soap. She's making her own soap.
1: I love homemade soap. Isn't it beautiful? Yeah. Oh, it's the best.
0: Hear for me the breeze through the trees, if you will. Mm. Maybe uh, a bird call on the wind. And imagine for me, if you would, the heavy, wet, slapping noise as out of fucking nowhere, covering the 5,000 square feet of Mrs. Crouch's yard, chunks of red meat begin to fall from the sky. sorry meat you heard me meat chunks of red meat some as big as four fucking square inches
1: like straight up cloudy with a chance of meatballs
0: meat chunks <laughs> of meat slapping what the, the ground <laughs> being impaled on her fence putting dents in her roof
1: oh my god
0: meat storm meat <laughs> rain
1: wow this is an untapped market for the disaster film industry that's for sure what is happening
0: insane this is Corrigan the Kentucky meat shower of 1876
1: meat shower
0: Bath County in Kentucky (laughs) Bath Uh...
1: County meat shower
0: (laughs) (laughs) obviously Mrs. Crouch loses her shit yeah is Uh, she being
1: pummeled by meat as this is happening oh
0: she well absolutely she has to take cover all thoughts of soap making abandoned for that day, I can tell yeah. you.
1: Although she's uh, going to need it.
0: She rushes to her husband. Of course, initially, their first thought is, oh, sign from God. Yeah, naturally. Um, it goes on for some minutes, right? Several minutes of solid meat precipitation. What do you think they thought, the thought it was a
1: sign from God of? That's all I know exactly. know. What, fu- what did they what run What could inside? he be
0: trying to say? <laughs> uh I can't, I'm having trouble passing this one, God. Could you be a little clearer? <laughs> Send uh, uh, something it, else.
1: Send pasta. Is it good? Is it
0: bad? Uh, so look, obviously chaos ensues. Yes. Um, me- people flock to the scene. Neighbours, townsfolk flock to the scene and check this out. Pick up these cubes of meat. Take some <laughs> to study to check out what's going on. Because this is this is, there's nothing apocryphal or urban legend going on here, right? This okay. has been well documented in the New York Times. Uh, Scientific American, this is a actual fucking thing that happened. This isn't an urban legend. And it's this all a... over town. Uh it's, or it's five thousand square, okay. square feet. Five thousand square feet. Pretty much the entire uh Crouch estate sure. covered in fucking chunks. Huge chunks of meat. Okay. Um a couple of Kentucky townsfolk actually fried up and fucking ate a piece. <gasps> Yeah, oh,
1: I don't... Mm, sky meat seems suspect They
0: to me. said it tasted kind of gamey, you know, kind of <laughs> venison, sort of mutton type of meat. Now, what the fuck is causing this?
1: I can't even imagine, because what year? 1871? Is that what we're talking?
0: 1876.
1: 1876. We've got no airplanes. This is not nope. falling out of a plane from somewhere. Nope. They're looking up at the sky and they see no source.
0: Clear skies, clear,
1: clear skies. skies, blue they skies, no far source. as the
0: eye can see. So theories abound, of course, right? Sure. Um, after reading about it in the New York Times, a uh, scientist, a geezer by the name of Leopold Brandis, right? Mm-hmm. He got hold of a sample of this stuff, uh, you know, took it back to his lab, I imagine him with, you know, like um, 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 Johnny Depp in... Sleepy Hollow. I imagine oh, he's right. got like those mm-hmm. glasses with loads of lenses on, and me. There's a,
1: of... a gentle Danny Elfman score playing as he's exactly looking, looking over exactly the meat.
0: This. Now, our boy Leopold, he declared that it wasn't meat at all. He believed. Okay that it was a form of bacteria, a kind of uh, cyanobacteria, almost like a kind of an algae called nostoc, right? Okay. Uh, And this is stuff that when it's dry, it's a kind of a film, like a powdery film. But when you mix it with rainwater, it takes on a kind of a jelly-like consistency. Um, And often you can can find it in puddles on the floor, and people make the mistake of thinking it had fallen from the sky, right? So he thinks it was just like uh, a bacterial kind of algae, which had mixed with rainwater and become jellified. Obviously, Where would
1: that have come from?
0: Oh, it's, it's present in soils. Y- you okay. get it. It's, gotcha. it's, it's, a, it's all around the place. Um, the only problem with that theory was that it was all, total bollocks. The, <laughs> right. There was no rain that day and there were people, there were eyewitnesses. Mrs. Crouch, for fuck's sake, literally saw yeah. chunks of meat falling from the sky. Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't she didn't of... come
1: outside and see puddles and think, did that come no, from the sky? she was ducking meat.
0: Yeah. So many, many, many more tests, many more tests. A uh, Dr. Mead Edwards analyzed these chunks and concluded they definitely weren't bacteria. They definitely okay. weren't algae. They were 100% flesh. Now, also,
1: I'd just like for you to note that I am keeping my chill right here over you continuously saying algae, despite what you did when I said herb earlier. <laughs> I'm just saying I'm being very cool about this, and I want you to what? acknowledge this.
0: No, please correct me. Algae.
1: We say algae.
0: Okay. <laughs> potato, Go potato, on.
1: Okay. Um, Herb <laughs> and whatever you say.
0: Herbs. <laughs> um, so, hey, Dr. Edwards, would you like to know what he concluded?
1: Yeah, tell me what, what Mead there had to say about it.
0: He declared that it was lung tissue.
1: Oh. Mm-mm.
0: No, that's... Either from don't a like horse that. or possibly human lung tissue. The fuck. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Gets weirder and weirder, doesn't it? Yeah. Um yet again another doctor, another analysis uh uh uh, uh concluded that it was definitely lung tissue but also detected muscle cells, cartilage cells. This is definitely animal meat. Okay. And when we say uh, animal,
1: does that include human or it is a non-human animal? Possibly.
0: Okay. Very possibly human. A local hunter took a look and was convinced it was bear meat. Okay. <laughs> uh, some said lamb, some said deer, uh, but what was, what was indisputable, the fact of the matter, was for some fucking reason, in 1876, in Bath County in Kentucky, on an otherwise fucking perfectly clear day, Mrs. Crouch's estate was hammered with chunks of undisclosed, undetermined meat from the fucking sky.
1: And they never figured now, it out? Oh, okay, there's more. I was like, Mark? There,
0: now, there <laughs> is... Well, put it like this, right? There's been no conclusive, okay. rock-solid explanation for why okay, the fuck yeah, this sure. happened, okay? Uh, But there is a... Prevalent theory, which has taken hold and is kind of close to, if not exactly, what has to have happened. Right? Okay. Uh, proposed a little bit later on in 1876, a Dr. L. D. Castenbind. Now we've spoken on this very podcast about animal defense mechanisms.
1: <laughs> we have indeed. Yeah. Uh,
0: do you remember what vultures do as a defense mechanism?
1: Um, I don't but I feel like it's really gross like they puke or something like it's something oh they absolutely like do
0: they they vomit vultures vomit as a defense mechanism right. right they'll the vultures will vomit at the fucking drop of a hat you look at a vulture <laughs> the wrong way I relate to them vomit. in that way eh, yeah I, I, I knew you would <laughs> um vultures will vomit if vultures will vomit if they've eaten too much and they find themselves too heavy to fly right <laughs>
1: It's just practical. They'll just...
0: And just offload some of that tasty carrion and off they'll soar.
1: A vulture um, always makes weight.
0: Very, yeah, but well put. But what vultures will always do is they will sometimes vomit in packs. Oh, no. Come on. Yeah. So when one no. vulture vomits the others in a, in a flock will often just do so as a reflex a, a reflexive uh, also response. relatable
1: this has happened this week on peacemaker and righteous gemstones and yes, one it other has, thing i has, was watching has. this is okay so
0: i noticed that link between gemstones puking. and peacemaker as well lots <laughs> yeah. of lots of sparing it's in the zeitgeist um, right now kentucky mm-hmm. is home to both the uh, black vulture and the turkey vulture mm. both species lucky
1: which... lucky kentucky
0: Yeah, 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 which uh, which have been seen to to engage in group vomiting. (laughs) And the most commonly believed notion, right, Uh is that for some reason, something startled a flock of vultures high above the skies in Kentucky. (gasps) A mass vulture vomiting event took place, (laughs) leading to cubes of unidentified meat to pepper Mrs. Crouch and her estate.
1: And then people ate it.
0: And then people ate it. Oh, Jesus. Some that's... gung-ho, oh, I'll name your meat, fried it up. Uh, and that's not, this isn't proven, by the way, right? This is just the, you know, this is Occam's rainbow. explanation as any. Do. Yep. Because uh,
1: also, like, if you were getting meat vomited at you on the ground... I imagine you look up briefly, and then you're like, ah, "Meat in my face," and you turn away. So you, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Corrigan, you've done it again, haven't you? Mm. Uh, but you wouldn't be like then like looking for the source oh, like not. of the birds you know, or whatever. You're I'd just be, kind I'd of be out like, of it. I'd be gone. You'd be out. So the idea that there's like a flock up there and she didn't see it isn't unbelievable because you wouldn't be staring up and letting meat fall in your eyes.
0: Exactly, exactly. One chunk. The first the first chunk of space meat uh, and I'm gone. But yeah. there it is. Um, something similar also happened sometime later in London. Really? Yes, which I would find more difficult to explain. You won't get vultures in London, I don't believe. Oh, really? No, certainly not. I
1: hmm, guess I've never thought but- about it before
0: there you go Corrigan uh, you are now fully up to speed on the Kentucky meat shower of 1876 as are you listeners sorry let me quote directly from my notes if I may
1: yes please do
0: <laughs> fucking look at these nerds oh mise en I don't
1: think anyone has ever said mise en scene in such a horny way before the way I whispered the word sex cannibal recently worst comes to worst Mark I'm willing to guillotine you for science
0: Thank you, that's really, really sweet. It's cold outside, but my pancreas is talking to me. I'm fucking, (laughs) I'm gonna let it.
1: You know how I feel about that, Mark.
0: I think you feel great about it. Why
1: don't you Uh, lead us into this episode? Would you like to? No. No,
0: right, fine. (laughs) Uh, Hey, let, hey, let, what the fuck?
1: (laughs) Strong start. (laughs)
0: Apparently there's herbs. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. Listen, hey, folks, folks, folks. Hey, welcome, we're on time this week. If you can believe that shit.
1: What? Amazing. Last week not being on time threw my entire goddamn week off. I have not had yeah. any sense of what day it is.
0: Yeah. same, same, same. Um, it feels like we've joagged twice, very close. Yes. To one another. Plus, we did uh, we did a snack last night. We did we've do been a snack. Joagging left, right, and center this week. Content, but it's all you. Content all for you my dear all listeners for all you. For... it's all about you and <laughs> we wouldn't have it any other way right
1: absolutely We're not we are going to
0: fucking keep pumping this out as long as you are fucking interested in listening to it and we are just so grateful that you do and we hope you're well we hope you're you know wherever you are that the weather is clement we hope that you're healthy we hope that your family are well we hope that you're you know, fulfilled by your jobs. We hope that you're stimulated creatively. We hope that you're well fed, well rested, and that you've got a spring in your step and a tune on your lips. Dear I always, listeners.
1: I always enjoy your, your benedictions. Tell me, you know, that like the benediction, the blessing, the that is something that we associate with the Irish. Do the Welsh do this too? Are the Welsh known for their, like a Welsh blessing? May the road rise to meet you. That kind of I don't
0: think so no if, if I mean by all means any of our Welsh listeners do report in but I being Welsh and having grown up in Wales and lived in Wales for you know much of my young life no that isn't no it's just anything. a Mark thing yeah as yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: usual it is simply a Mark thing
0: yeah it's just one of several
1: <laughs> one of a one of a few things that Mark does that yeah. are unique uh, yes. And I agree wholeheartedly with that delightful benediction that you have uh, given to our listeners, and we are so happy to have you back once again to talk about all kinds of things. Mm. On time, start your week out right with some dark shit to share around the water cooler, oh. and it's gonna be a good time. What
0: would what would life be like without us? I mean, I,
1: I would hate to think about it.
0: Just a little bit of a reality check for you. We are fastly, fastly. Mm. We are quickly closing in on two years. We are quickly closing in on our second anniversary. I know. Um it's beyond March, April, May, June. We're still yeah, we're still about five months off, but we are yeah, we're, we're nearly a year now Year
1: and a half plus.
0: Year and a half. Um and I don't know about you, but Joag is now a very, very core part of my life now.
1: Yeah. Oh, and every it's, single it's element just, of it
0: simply something i do now it's now you know it, it it's like you know getting up going to work uh, having breakfast hanging with my family doing joag it's now a part of the regular things that i do in my life and i and i don't i uh, i don't think i could stop even if i wanted to
1: nope absolutely not so we're not going to no, well yeah that yeah, feels like luckily. feels like a good idea and you know what yeah. this week our uh Final, I guess our closing topic, whatever we're calling what we do at the end of this, what we've been thinking about this week begins with a little meditation on how we got to this spot in the first place because we're gonna be talking to you today about some coincidences in the crazy Mm. way the chaos of this universe plays out. And JOAG, Mm. JOAG is a crazy bit of coincidence in this Mm. chaotic world. And we're gonna talk about how that happened as we delve into coincidences later on.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, from a certain point of view, literally everything that occurs is as a a result of a coincidental chain of events.
1: Oh, absolutely. Just some less interestingly coincidental than others.
0: Yes, 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 yes. (laughs) And, you know, obviously we'll get into it later on, but it's so easy to assign meaning mm-hmm. and significance to coincidence when you know yeah. random shit happens all the time it's just sometimes it's fun sometimes it's interesting sometimes yeah the vast majority of the times it isn't and it passes completely unnoticed <laughs> but sometimes <laughs> right. uh, you know events conspire a breeze blows in a certain direction a door opens another closes and yeah the the, the results are noteworthy yeah
1: My husband has this obsession with thinking that I am what is known as a super recognizer. Um, He heard of this in in one of the many newspapers and things like that that he reads. And it's essentially someone who um, recognizes people's faces. Really easily, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, and yeah. so you know when I watch something, if I've seen someone in, like the background of a show or something like that, and then they show up in the background of another show, I'm like, wasn't that person an extra in this thing? Um, yeah, I've, and if, I've
0: noted that about you. Yeah, too.
1: and if I'm on the street, I will uh like, I may not know where I know someone from, but I will see a face and know that I've seen it before, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and so often I spend a lot of time trying to place why I know people, but it makes someone we in crowds like. If there are famous people around or things like that, I can see them out of the corner of my eye and be like, oh, that's so-and-so, and and that's so-and-so. So So he's obsessed with this concept, and that, in and of itself, the fact that – and I don't know if I am one of these super recognizers or it's just – I always attribute it to the fact that I – didn't wear glasses when I needed them for a long time, so I'm really good at recognizing little minute things about people, <laughs> like I the see. way they walk and stuff like that. <laughs> so yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but regardless that I feel like recognizing people in situations like that makes me really attuned to the idea of coincidences and how often things like this happen in your day-to-day life because I will notice that I have seen someone in one place and another mm. in ways that a lot of people don't necessarily know and you are mm. constantly running into the same people, experiencing similar things all the time.
0: You are uncannily good at uh, bringing to mind, it quotes, that guys from <laughs> yes. from, from movies. You, <laughs> you will attach names to faces that, you know, that so obscure and so niche. <laughs> yeah, um, it's true. I've often wondered, and I, I do I believe this? I think I might. I, I think there's only a finite number of faces out there, if that sure. makes sense. Mm-hmm. There are so many times you see people with a particular combination of facial features, eyes of a certain kind of distance apart or angle, mm-hmm. you know, noses, foreheads, ears. And surely, eventually, people who aren't, you know, biologically related or genetically related, possibly on opposite ends of the world, given, you know, the, the similar environments or whatever, will look identical. I'm certain there's somebody out there right now, some unlucky bastard, walking (laughs) around sporting a uncannily similar face to me, to you.
1: Well, I think, I mean, I think there are a lot of combinations of features so that people don't necessarily look identical to one another. You could easily, of all the 7 billion people or 8 billion or whatever, have, like, some difference and not... Because you see that with, like, what is it? Like, there's... The number of like combinations of cards you can make out of like oh, don't. you know you know that have you I, have, I, have, I, have yeah. I banged on
0: about this on the cast yeah. yet?
1: oh I th- have you talked about it on the cast that's uh, I th- I think you did but as a like reminder of that will you explain it again
0: I I I will but I- <laughs> actually. My recent insomnia, I think, might have coincided, uh, coincided exactly with me learning <laughs> this fact. It and is it fact, broke which your brain. Fucking absolutely destroyed me. Because it sounds... Uh, when, you, when you hear this fact first, you think, nah, bullshit. But then you think about it. And when the enormity of this fact actually sinks in, nothing can ever be the same again. When you go down this rabbit hole, <laughs> you know. Take a deck of cards. A standard deck of 52 playing cards. Uh... The permutations, the possible permutations of a well-shuffled deck of cards are so many, so numerous, that if you're holding a well-shuffled deck of cards, the likelihood is you are in your hand holding a permutation of cards which, A, has never existed before, and B, will in all likelihood never exist again. So well. there are more. There are more permutations in a deck of cards than there are atoms on Earth right because you're getting into just 52 <clears throat> times 51 times 50 times 49 right. times 48 unfucking <laughs> fathomable complexity
1: and i'm sorry to bring up this brain-breaking fact Why because it really this? is my only thought in that is that i feel like faces probably have a good amount of uh different permutations like mm. a deck of cards would as well. And okay. so the idea that someone is, like, identical to you somewhere, maybe not so much. But one of the things that does bring up is that um, I think people who maybe aren't super recognizers. So let's use the word even though I don't know that I actually am that thing. People who aren't, people who, who aren't special like you. People who aren't special like me, obviously. Gift. But I think in general, people look at features with, like, a very like that kind of mindset of like, there's only so many sets of features and thus you think people look alike, who yeah. people who are looking at those faces differently don't. And you can see this in cross-cultural things where um, like, you know, people who are, people will look at like all Japanese people and think they look the same or something like that. Yeah, and yeah, they'll yeah, look yeah, at white yeah, people yeah. they found and think the same thing. Like, I don't sure. know how you tell them apart. It's because we look at different parts of the face to determine what makes people look different from one another um and so while it comes across as racist and for some people it is because they just refuse to look at the characteristics of other people um there are different things that different ethnic groups look at to decide what makes someone look different from someone else Mm, so that is to say i think you know in looking at people there is a sense that you can be like, oh, people look alike. I have friends who struggle watching movies because they think everyone looks the same. Where to mm. me, everyone looks extremely distinctly different to the point mm. where if I see like someone who looks like a combination of people, I can usually name the features on that person's face that look like these other three people that they look like yeah. <laughs> or something I've, like that. I've, you I've know? never
0: heard that term as super recognizable before, yeah. but it, it it really does perfectly describe what you've just outlined.
1: Right. And, you know, I think it's it's a learned skill. It's not like a, my brain functions differently. I think it's, like I said, I think it's just mm-hmm. from having to see without glasses for a long time, but I don't know. So all that to say, it makes me feel like I am very attuned to coincidence um, and how often coincidences occur, <laughs> yeah. I guess. Um, and we'll get into more of that, but it's just, uh, it's an interesting thing to me to think about. And like I said, I am fascinated by our own origin story as a wild it is, it is, it is coincidence. Yeah. So we'll get there. We'll get there. Cool. For now, um, I want to say thank you to everyone who came to book club this weekend. It was an absolute blast. I every single time just want to rave about everyone because we have such a good time and everyone is so smart and so mm-hmm. fun and just points out things that I don't think about in these books. And it nice just book, feels like nice. we're all... Uh, it, it's this great exchange of ideas and everything. Um, and so we just read Mexican Gothic. Um, and that was a really good time. We are now reading Ring Shout, uh, which is like a novella. It's very short, so um, easy for people to pick up and read before our next book club. Every month, the book club now will be the third Saturday of the month. So you can go ahead and just mark it out on your calendars ahead of time. And nice. If you go to jackofallgraves.com book club, you can see the entire year schedule of books that we're going to read. And Gibson's Bookstore in New Hampshire has been kind enough to uh, create a discount code just for us. So That's wild. Yes, there is a shoppable list of JOAG Book Club Books. You can find that through that link, jackofallcraves.com slash book club. And if you put the discount code JOAG in when you order those books, you'll get a nice 20% discount on your books. So let's stop sending Jeff Bezos to space and instead get your books from the library, get them from your local indie bookstore. And if you're looking for an indie bookstore to get them from and you want a nice discount, Gibson's Mm. has got your back for our book club. So yes, yeah, so thank you to Gibson's, thank you to Ryan Clark for setting that up, thank you to everyone who's in the book club. Let's keep reading and having a wonderful time together. Um, we also recorded a little snack. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we did, we did, we did. I was, I was, I was four tins deep when yep. we recorded this. By the way, right? So you know, I I apologize in advance for me being just drunk ass recording our reactions. Yep. Uh, to uh, the brand new Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which released on Netflix this week. So we're not going to talk about it here in much detail.
1: We'll we'll Um, talk just a little briefly about it, but we did an extensive episode where we talked for 30 to 40 minutes about (laughs) that movie and um, just went on and on about it. And we were going to make it just sort of a a Kofi exclusive for next month, for March. mm. Uh, But I think we figured, you know what? Fuck it. We love you all so much. We're going to give you double the snacks this yep. month, and we'll do another thing in March. Um, plenty Plus, of side conversations you, to have.
0: With online discourse being what it is, and everybody <laughs> will have, have fucking moved forgotten on about anyway. it by Monday anyway. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point as well. Uh, people will have moved past it. So we're going to put that. I will put the video version on YouTube. I will uh, put an audio version on Kofi, and you guys can enjoy us talking about Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is yeah. uh, certainly a divisive film, but you'll hear what we have to say about it.
0: It it wouldn't be a true entry in the Texas canon if it right. wasn't divisive. Yeah, if it didn't true. get people talking, if it didn't get people, you know, locking antlers. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, you know, like I said last night, I think it slots right into that series beautifully.
1: Yeah, agreed. I had a lot of fun with it. I spent a good chunk of this afternoon talking with your brother about it, Ah. uh, which was a lot of fun. Uh, Another way in which JOAG permeates my entire life. I think I was in text messages with various people I only know through this podcast today. uh, Mm, And we had a good long conversation about Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which was uh, a lot of fun. So check that out. I will be posting it this week so that you guys can hear our thoughts on it. And we'd love to hear yours as well. Uh, we're super into that. So make sure you listen to that. When I post it, you can put comments on it on the YouTube, on the Facebook, wherever. And we're happy to hear your thoughts. Mark, hey, what happened with the, um, watch along? Uh,
0: right. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I quite understood the assignment because for fucking some reason we ended up watching Reign of Fire next week. <laughs> Which, um. I
1: don't even know if I'd heard of this before. And I Googled it and I was like, I'm sorry.
0: Have heard of Reign of Fire. Dragon
1: Apocalypse? Yeah. With Christian Bale?
0: It's got CG. Yeah. And it features a world ending event. Only it's it not does. weather, it's dragons. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Colin, but I fucked up. We'll do it again. We'll do it again. We'll rerun we'll try it. try again later. I don't but, know what happened. Yeah, but ah, what we do have, ah, mm. is Christian Bale. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. I think we've got Woody Harrelson, maybe? Or is it Matthew McConaughey?
1: Oh, I think it might be Matthew McConaughey.
0: There you go. We've got Matthew McConaughey, also great.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, in a post-apocalyptic, dragon-scarred vision of... Uh, I want to say London? Um, I have a idea. Of Fire is a massive film. It's huge.
1: Uh,
0: <laughs> and one which I'm actually quietly quite delighted that we're going to be watching next week. So... You're forcing uh, me to
1: break my uh, if there's dragons in it, I won't watch rule. But uh, we'll we'll see how. Do it I know goes. this?
0: Because that's a bullshit rule.
1: Oh, I hate anything with dragons in it, aside from <laughs> Harry Potter. I think anything with dragons of is all bullshit. Of all the fucking
0: <laughs> of all the fucking weird ass rules to live by, if it's got <laughs> dragons, I'm not interested.
1: I think because I don't like fantasy, and no, no
0: same, same here. Fantasy is.
1: Yeah, and you don't find a lot of dragons outside of fantasy. So. Uh,
0: right, so films with dragons where they're good. Um, <laughs> Puff. Rain of, fire. <laughs> Rain, of fire.
1: Rain of Fire. Rain of Fire is. Have you seen it before?
0: I've seen it once, okay. right? I've got very fond memories of watching Rain of Fire. Mm. I saw it on my own. Okay. Uh, In a cinema in Cardiff in the middle of a day when I should have been at work. Mm. Baked off my tits. Nice. I was properly fucking baked. Um, This was, yeah, back in the day. Um, And I seem to remember it being really good. I seem to remember it being like Mad Max, but with dragons. Huh.
1: Interesting.
0: Yeah. It's very grimy. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, yeah, I I, want to say it's Mad Max, but with dragons.
1: I guess I guess I'm about to find out. Tell, g- give me another good dragon movie. Uh, now I'm like, can you hit me with a non-terrible dragon movie?
0: <laughs> D- uh, God, I was going to say Dragonheart, where Sean Connery I... is the voice of a talking dragon. Yeah, but that's I think I was in like not... fourth
1: grade when that came out, and even then I was that like, oh, this is one. this is not a good movie, is it?
0: <laughs> uh... No, um.
1: It is very hard for I mean maybe a luck dragon like a never ending story but that's about oh the there best you go yeah deal. yeah yeah but that's a stretch. Um,
0: you you put me on the spot I'm gonna to need to go away. All
1: right, yeah come back <laughs> to <laughs> me. Yeah,
0: I'll, I'll, <laughs> podcast I'll over. It, I'll it's time for now. some
1: dragon research. <laughs> uh, <laughs> for some reason, by the way, I am a dragon is like one of the first phrases that Duolingo teaches you in Welsh.
0: Oh, that makes a lot of sense.
1: Is it? Well, I guess yeah. You guys are you're into the dragons, aren't you? You got on your well, flag yeah. and whatnot. It's
0: on. It's on national animal.
1: Yeah. How'd that happen?
0: I don't know. All I, I I'm very glad it did though. The Welsh flag is the most fucking badass flag. hardcore flag on earth. On earth, it we're doesn't... a tiny nation. Yeah. Uh, and hey, we've got a lot wrong with us, <laughs> but we are a. a beautiful 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 nation in terms of our you know our our landscape the bleakness the poetry of Wales, and the fact that our national animal is a fucking dragon that is absolutely brilliant and i love it it's
1: pretty rad Mm -hmm. uh so yeah what is the movie called again rain of fire
0: rain of fire which works in a couple of ways
1: (laughs) you're gonna explain the play on words no no hear me out hear me
0: out (laughs) Rain, as in, hmm. you know, to rule over you, to reign sure, over you, yeah. dragons. Rain of mm-hmm. fire. And right, also because it. it comes down from the sky, like, much like,
1: like. Like so much meat from a vulture. <laughs> <villain. laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. From uh, a vulture. From a. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here we go. 15 oh best goodness. dragon movies of all time. Right, here we oh.
1: go. <laughs> Alright, hit me. <laughs> See? Merlin. Yeah.
0: With Sam Neil. Oh, it's a TV show. Oh. Flight of the Dragons. Nope. Uh, dr- oh, okay, Dragon Slayer from 1981.
1: I think I've heard of it, but that's not a thing. Lord of the
0: Rings. Skip nope. that. Pete's Dragon and the remake. The oh, remake I of Pete's Dragon the is particularly Pete's good. Dragon.
1: That was I really
0: good. I fucking wept. Yeah. Every tear that my body could create.
1: Yeah. I only watched it because of Carl Urban, but it turned out to be incredible. Oh, I really love that excellent. movie. Okay, Shrek doesn't count. No, it doesn't
0: really count. Maleficent doesn't count. Yeah. Harry Potter doesn't count. Oh, yeah. Willow has got a dragon.
1: Wait, Willow has a dragon? Yep. Okay, I have seen that a million times, so I guess I gotta give that one.
0: Number six, Reign of Fire.
1: <laughs> See, it's already <laughs> getting a slim pickings at this point. <laughs> it's number six. Of 15. Number six on the 15 best uh... dragon movies is Reign of Fire. <laughs>
0: it... Come on, come watch Rain of Fire. It's number six <laughs> in Screen Rant's 15 Best Dragon Movies.
1: Will you put that on the poster for, on I, our Instagram? You know
0: that I will. You know <laughs> that I will. <laughs> Never ending story. Would, do you want to guess what number one is? Number one, Dragonheart. Ah! Wow, you did not give me one second. For... No, I was too delighted. That, I, I <laughs> couldn't help myself. <laughs> uh, but even they damn it with faint praise. Number one, they call it possibly the best film about dragons. I mean, come on, put your fucking, plant your flag, lads. Oh
1: boy, <laughs> yeah, I, I think that Quaid. that. Dennis Quaid. Uh I think that really. I've seen Dragonheart ones,
0: and I'm reasonably sure that Sean Connery him Scottish, as a Scottish dragon. I guarantee <laughs> you, <laughs> he, he, he does. But then again, what is a dragon accent? What is the native dragon?
1: Well, now I think it's Welsh.
0: Brogue. Yeah, it's got to be
1: I'm pretty sure it's Welsh <laughs> yeah. Okay so watch that with us on what's the date Mark
0: <laughs> 20 uh so it's this Saturday 23rd I want to say wait up
1: that can't uh, be right uh,
0: Nope because today's the 20th 26th <laughs> the 26th Saturday, of February in the year of our the Lord 2666 of February Rain of fire
1: <laughs> You're Christian not Bale, fully also Welsh to that echo. Christian Bale is Welsh.
0: Yes, he is. Although he denies it. He is a Welsh denier. He He gave an interview in Empire when he was Batman. um, And the subject of his Welshness came up and he he denies it. He doesn't think of himself as Welsh.
1: Well, I mean, he's been like in America for most of his life slash London, right?
0: Well, yeah, but... (laughs) He's
1: like a child star. He started acting in America when he was like little. He probably just doesn't know where he's from.
0: I don't know if I've said this before, but it it kind of breaks my heart that my two sons will Mm. never remember themselves as being Welsh.
1: Right. Yeah. It's not like their identity. Not at all. Yeah. Yeah. It is weird, isn't it?
0: Mm. Yep, it is.
1: That's got to be it. Yeah. It's just a very odd thing to me. Whenever I have friends whose parents are like from another country, I'm like, that has got to be super odd Mm. that your kid is American and you aren't. (laughs) Like.
0: Yep, 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 yep. Just it bananas. took me a long time, you know, of, of living in Oxfordshire myself to get my to get used to it, to not feel weird around here. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, That's interesting. A long time, like years. It was yeah. it was a good couple of years of living here before I started to feel at home.
1: Yeah, definitely. Mm. I mean, that makes sense on like, obviously, the United States is a huge country. So from state to state, mm. it feels weird when you move somewhere yeah. else because it's just not the same thing keo constantly will like will be driving somewhere and he'd be like we live in new jersey huh <laughs> it's just so different than you know he's used to and what he grew up with that mm. it throws him off so i get that it's a very weird thing my entire family all have different accents because we all grew up in different
0: places so you know. uh, from what i can gather you all have different like names as well don't you, you all have different surnames all of you have different well, we confusing. just had
1: too many names because our last yeah. name was hyphenated and had way too many letters. And so none of us go by it. We all use like our middle names on social media and stuff like that. It's just easier. Okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but it does make us look like we're not related. Mm. Just a bunch of strangers who happen to have very similar
0: faces. Anyone could be related to you. You never you know. Never know. You Maybe know they are.
1: <laughs> you could be related to me.
0: I'm really looking forward to Brain of Fire now. Oh, boy. Um, itchy with excitement i am because you know that i'm a big christian bale fanboy anyway
1: yeah (laughs) i'm excited well like it seems like a very good pick for our purposes
0: yeah i agree
1: have you watched anything other than texas chainsaw massacre this week
0: uh, let's see what Letterbox has to say about it. I looked
1: at your Letterbox, and I did not see anything since we. No, I
0: don't think I have. Well, I've been living ask. in a fugue state of night. I've been living yeah, in a yes. fucking semi-awake land of the half dead. Yeah. Um, if anyone would like an update on that, I've had two nights of decent sleep, so maybe Beautiful. I've maybe I've turned a corner. I don't know. Tonight will be the tonight. Tonight is the. Uh, there's a lot riding on tonight. If I can get to sleep tonight, then that'll be three nights in a row, and I'll. Feels start like to you fear, maybe so. just don't
1: want to put that much pressure. On the night yeah, of sleep. Also true probably not the not the attitude no. you want to go into the night of no. sleep with is everything no. is riding on this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if this anyway, doesn't yeah. work, I'm fucked. <laughs> All right, good night. <laughs> sleep tight.
0: Um, but what that has what that has made me realize is that it's absolutely not physiological; it's psychological. If I have yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, slept the past two nights, there's there's obviously nothing physically wrong with me.
1: Mm-hmm. You don't have like a uh, worm in your brain or anything like that.
0: No, I don't have a fucking folded prion yep. disorder.
1: You're good. Yay! I'm really so happy to, to hear that. Feels good.
0: Yeah. Feels good. Uh, <laughs> Feels great. But that, that leads to the other conclusion that there's, there's, there's maybe an issue somewhere else.
1: Yeah. It's a, you know, maybe I guess a double-edged sword a little bit there. But hmm. I believe, I believe we're turning the corner, Mark.
0: Yep, so do I, so do I.
1: We'll be back to your uh, falling asleep, leaning against a wall self in no
0: time. (laughs) Yep, I missed that guy. (laughs) Uh, But no, um, to answer your question, no, I've watched nothing else because uh, I haven't really had a chance.
1: Okay, fair enough. I I haven't watched a lot. I've watched, so we... I've moved into the master bedroom of the house. There's been a lot of rearranging of the place lately, but mm. now it's nice and like set up and like our big TVs on the wall and mounted and all that stuff. Beautiful. So super comfy feeling great about it. Mm. Um, So I've, but when I get comfy, the thing I like to do a lot of the time is just like watch food network <laughs> and stuff like that. So I've just been watching like a lot of iron chef America and that sort of stuff. Yeah, 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 but uh, thanks to dead and lovely. I have watched two flicks this week, aside from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, the first of which was The Toolbox Murders, which is not okay. based on the real-life Toolbox Murders, oh, thankfully. No, it was actually came out a year before uh, that happened. So, um, yeah, right? Ooh! <laughs> yeah. But this is a weird as shit movie, and I know describing plots is not my strong suit in general. I can't even begin to try to explain what this is, except that It starts out with, like, comes in real hot with lots of murder after murder after murder of this guy in, like, a balaclava with a toolbox just ganking women coming into their apartments. The women never put up enough of a fight because it's the 70s, so they're like, oh, oh, and they stand there as he, you know, hits them over the head Mm -hmm. with something or stabs them with it, whatever. Uh, And then it gets real weird when we end up with like one of these women being kidnapped and the guy has some sort of psychological thing where he is now treating her like his child uh, and it's just like all this weird shit that ends up happening. It comes out of nowhere and like halfway okay. through this movie we were like, what is, what is going on? <laughs> Someone explain this to us. So it is very weird, but at the same time... Weird good? I, I didn't hate it. A yeah, lot of people sure. in the screaming chat were like, "No, this is the worst thing I've ever seen." I don't, but I was like, "This got so weird and went such a weird direction, uh, that there was something about it that worked for me." It did mm. then, like, veer into sexual assault that I thought wasn't necessary, and they could have absolutely done without it. Um, but otherwise, like, I kind of am like, eh, "Just watch it. It's on YouTube." Uh, oh great! Yeah, Toy Box Murders from 1970. Eight, I think. No, I mean like you that.
0: you know full well how much I will always go out to bat for a, a, a weird turn in a film. Yeah. Something that that tonally mm-hmm. doesn't quite sit right, makes you scratch your head a little bit. Isn't Yeah maybe isn't isn't fantastic and no. not something you'd immediately recommend. <laughs> right. But Oh, this exists.
1: Huh. Yeah, exactly. Like I'll I'm not it. gonna I'm not gonna go so far as to say this is a good movie, mm. but at the same time I feel like I'm kind of glad I watched it because it was just, it broke my brain a little and yeah. was not what I expected. And, and it even like, I can't remember who the older fella is who is in it. I can't remember what his name is, but I immediately was like, oh, I definitely have seen this guy in a lot of stuff, especially in the like Bonanza days and stuff like that. Um, so he's like a, a well-regarded actor. He looks a bit like William Shatner. Um, <laughs> and oh. he uh, And it also has like, the kid who was the son on the original Land of the Lost is in it. So it's not it has a low I don't even want to say it has a low budget feel for most of the time when you're watching these 70s riffs on YouTube. They're really bad quality and it's yeah. actually pretty good quality and it has some names in it. So it feels like I don't know, there's something to it um, in terms of its production that it's better than a lot of these shit movies that we watch.
0: I'll tell you something I did watch Mm. um what with it being released to streaming for the first time ever uh i got my hands on freddy's nightmares
1: wait freddy's the tv
0: show oh
1: that's right i listened to i think it was neon brainiacs did an Mm. episode on that and it was yeah really interesting the
0: the, the very first episode of freddy's nightmares um Mm -hmm. which firstly was directed by toby hooper oh okay I know I didn't that came as a big shock to me as well and deta- it fills in the gaps uh right before the first movie where mm-hmm. you know Freddy's mistrial uh his lynching and burning and 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 coming back to life I mean, it's not any good let's sure. get that right out there it's not <laughs> any good at all um but it is you know it's it's uh, a nice little Nightmare on Elm Street 0.5. It's mm-hmm. a really nice little prequel to the first movie. And there's a, a, you know, a Freddy obsessive, a Freddy completist, it's lovely to have that yeah. bit finally filled in. I'm certain I've seen it before, but we are talking, you know, early to mid 80s. Right. So yeah, we're 30
1: plus years ago.
0: It's a soap opera, essentially. It's it's <laughs> it's, uh, it's got that kind of... Um, American soap opera kind of feel to it. Right. Small sets, mm-hmm. uh, soap opera style performances. Interesting. Um, really kind of primitive camera tricks, uh, you know, um, sepia filters and, and, and uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's very, it's made for TV. It's 100% made for TV, TV sensibilities, TV budget. Yeah. Um, but again, it, it fills in that little bit of Elm Street lore. And it's, it's streaming seeing, now? It is streaming. Now, I, I downloaded a rip, but it's streaming sure. on a service called Screambox, which I'd never okay. heard of.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, I don't think we even have over here. It's lovely seeing Robert England uh, out of makeup, but still acting Freddy. Mm, that's
1: interesting. Really, really cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's a lot oh, of fun. I'm going to have to check that um,
1: out. Freddy's Nightmares.
0: Freddy's Nightmares, yes. Uh, that's the only, that, that first episode is the only one, I believe that actually deals with Freddy. The rest is an anthology series. Oh, okay. Yeah. um, Kind of like, you know, a horror story of the week with Freddy Mm -hmm. introducing at the beginning and end. Oh, Uh, okay. But that that first episode uh, fills in that little bit of Elm Street lore and is worth a look.
1: All right. I will absolutely Mm -hmm. give it a look. I'm down for that. And the other thing that I watched was uh, this week's Dead and Lovely movie, which is Sweetheart. Um, And I'd seen poster a lot recently um it's on netflix and Mm. i don't know i guess it's just one of the few things that it recommends to me but i didn't know what it was about so i didn't even click on it um and it's a really nice tight little movie about a girl who washes up on an island she washes up on the island with another guy uh, Mm -hmm. and it jumps right in uh and she you know is trying to help this guy and he dies. And she kind of buries him. And when she wakes up in the morning, is, there's just like this bloody mess where his body once was. And she uh-huh. realized there's something else on this island. And so she's trying to stay alive and figure out how to <laughs> escape while this looming threat of something else on the island is after her. Uh, and, you know, it's a nice sort of creature feature. Most of it is just her Um Throughout this, a couple other people come in at some point. Oh, what? So
0: most of it is is solo this girl's performance. Yes, mm-hmm. it's just her.
1: That. Um, you know, she's not a lot of talking. Task? Oh, absolutely. Well, except that mm. it's an island, so you know yeah, you'd have to put an island on stage. But yeah, absolutely, it's one one sort of location. You could definitely do it that way. Um, she, yeah, and it's just a a cool little creature horror, very minimalist, um, but very tense. And I think it it's like recent? eighty minutes. Yeah, I want to say it's twenty nineteen. Hmm. Yeah, so I I would recommend it. I had a really I had a good time with it. It was engaging enough that again, this is one of those uh, didn't have to check my phone sorts of yeah, movies. Yeah, Just yeah, sat yeah, and watched yeah. it, and you know, for eighty, 80 minutes. minutes straight, I was in.
0: I, I I'm pretty sure I said this when we spoke last night, but I, I almost feel like a like a fraud and a charlatan for saying this. But eighty minutes felt too short mm. for Texas Chainsaw. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It, I really wanted to spend more time watching Leatherface do his thing in that movie. Right, it was over too goddamn soon. Yeah. I could have dad I could have easily have had another couple of scenes like that scene in the bus.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. And yet, at the same time, also, I love short movies so much that I'm just glad yeah, it was yeah, short yeah, for yeah, the yeah. sake of being like, hey, listen, there's a lot of us who will sit and watch this, who would mm. not, if it yeah. were longer. So make more movies like that. But I agree, I could have yes, sat for I longer agree. of mm. that movie. Um, What was yours called again? Sweetheart.
0: Sweetheart, okay.
1: Yes. Uh, So I recommend it. It uh, was quite enjoyable. And now I can listen to the Dead and Lovely episode this week.
0: Uh, So that's Sweetheart, The Toolbox Murders, and the first ever episode of Freddy's Nightmares this week, friends.
1: Indeed. Check them out and let us know what you think. But let's get into our... uh, What's on our minds this week. Mm. Hmm. And this came about because of something I, when I was researching Captain Cook last week, I think I came across a story that made me think of this. It made me think of coincidences and just the wild coincidences that occur Mm. in the world. And it brought up the Jack of all graves origin story for me because, you know, a year and a half ago, I decided to try to figure out how the heck... We had come in contact with each other for the first time mm. and it took several apps and many a Google search and lots of weird advanced searches and things like that. But I managed to figure out how you and I first interacted on Twitter. See,
0: in inevitably, uh, when, whenever someone knew that I know listens to Joag, mm-hmm. the inevitable question would be, oh, so how do you know Corrigan then?
1: yeah Uh, well (laughs) Uh, it was
0: a a tweet
1: Uh, yeah (laughs) we just vaguely knew we knew each other on Twitter and I love that I actually found the origin of this because a lot of times it is very random that it's just kind of a like I don't know my friends followed this person so I hit follow what happened with you and I was on December 21st of 2011 Mm. you tweeted in Alpine countries, Santa's friend Krampus abducts naughty children and takes them to his, his lair to eat. And I think at the time there might have been a picture attached to it, but that site doesn't exist anymore. So I have no idea what it was. It was probably just a picture of Krampus. Yep. Um, and I RT'd it. This was before the way that you retweet now where you actually just wrote RT. And I commented, damn. <laughs> <laughs> and you responded pretty intense huh and then uh that night you followed me and 10 hours later i followed you wonderful i don't know how your tweet came across my timeline because we had no mutual friends in common so none at all so someone must have also retweeted you of this, Mm -hmm. it must have gotten around one way or another. Um, It's not as easy to follow those trails anymore, because again, it wasn't the way that you do the quote tweets tweets now, so you wouldn't know. Um, But somehow that came across my timeline. I decided it was an interesting enough fact to RT it. You decided to respond and we followed each other. Um, And if this had, like one of the things about this is if it had been a couple years later, the Krampus thing became common knowledge. Everyone knew about Krampus. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) the timing had to be right that I had never heard that there was such thing as Ah. this Krampus. (laughs) That Somehow I had never come across it. You were the first person I'd ever heard say it. uh, And I retweeted it. That you responded to it. That we happened to log on at the right time for each other to come across the timelines. If this had never happened, there is no... Nothing to say we would ever have crossed each
0: other's paths on that website. Mm.
1: Again, no mutual friends outside of the ones that we share because of each other. Um, And and
0: pulling on that thread, going back to that day, going back to that tweet, from there, that's that's, that's when we developed mutuals. That's when Mm -hmm. we started to get common ground in our... uh, That's when the algorithm would have brought us closer and closer and closer together. Right. That one tweet... If that doesn't happen, none of it happens. None of it
1: happens.
0: ah, I see why you're so fascinated in that. Yeah. that.
1: That absolutely is. That breaks my brain and in a great way. I love the idea of a coincidence like that. It also stresses me out because I think of like, oh my God, is there like some other timeline where that tweet never happened and we've never met each other? Oh, there is, is, of course there is. I mean, of course there is. Uh, But You know, that like, oh, I'm happy I'm in this one where that happened, but Mm -hmm. how near a miss that would have been is such an incredible thing to me because we live so far, far apart and have no reason to interact with each other beyond this tweet and then that came out into things where you know we started following each other on other things uh you know we'd talk about horror together all that kind of stuff okay well i'll follow you on instagram i'll follow you on snapchat whatever and mm. kept that friendship going it developed from there um it, but it started it wasn't with small thing. It,
0: it, it wasn't quick was it what i mean we would we would often oh, yeah. not check in for like months at a time
1: months, yeah right yeah. <laughs> Exactly. There's probably it probably took years before one of us like DM'd the other or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, slowly actually interacting with each other more. Um but yeah, it's just a wild coincidence. And coincidence is such an interesting thing it is. on its face. In because it is there is no guiding morality to coincidence. Yeah. There is no guiding factor to it other than just things happen. And it is, it's it is neutral. Chaos,
0: uh, coincidence, yeah, it's, 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 it's fair. It's completely straight down the line.
1: Right. In the chaos of the world, these things happen and don't happen just by virtue of that is the way our smallest decisions uh, have their consequences and whatnot. And so and I... With, oh, go ahead. The,
0: the sheer volume of coincidence mm-hmm. coupled with our are kind of our need to find significance mm,
1: mm-hmm.
0: can you know can often have coincidence throwing up stuff which we attach significance to. Oh, we yeah. go, ah oh, man, that <laughs> can't be just coincidence, <laughs> right. can it? But it fucking can. It stuff can can happen <laughs> on a daily basis. On an absolute daily basis everywhere, which you know, on 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 face value, on surface level seems like the most unlikely significant Earth-moving twists of fucking fate that couldn't possibly ever happen. <laughs> but it did, because that's what coincidence that's is, when there's like, so many variables.
1: Yeah. And say like, like the time that we watched The Escape Room 2, and the next day I saw the Australian guy from it in, uh, in New York. Mad he shit. just walked next to Mad my table. Mad
0: shit. Mad <laughs> shit.
1: But he might have walked by that table anyway while I was yes. sitting there, and I would have, I mean... I knew him from table 19, but it wouldn't have been as crazy as, oh my God, I watched him in a movie yesterday. (laughs) And because
0: you're a super recognizer, (laughs) you were aware of the the instant that he entered your aura. Mm
1: -hmm. And so I think it's so fascinating to see the ways in which coincidence can play out in both amazingly good and amazingly terrible ways. Yes. And the story that I read that initially got me on this train of thought, I'm going to tell it to you now, okay? okay. Let's just start with that. We'll, we'll start Jeez. with this story. So You
0: spin an excellent yarn.
1: <laughs> I will try it. I've got a couple of these yarns for you, so let's start spinning. Uh, on August 6th, 1945, 29-year-old Sutomu Yamaguchi had just finished up a summer-long project as a naval engineer at Mitsubishi Heavy Industries. Nice. Only thing left was to turn it in and then return home to his wife and family, a very happy occasion. It was as he walked to the shipyard one last time that he looked up and saw an American B-29 bomber, the Enola Gay, fly over the city and drop a small object with a parachute attached. He didn't have long to wonder about it before the sky lit up with what he described as being like the lightning of a huge magnesium flare. Mm. He managed to dive into a ditch just before he heard the boom. And as History.com put it, the shockwave that accompanied it sucked Yamaguchi from the ground, spun him in the air like a tornado, and sent him hurtling into a nearby potato patch. He told the British paper, The Times, quote, I think I fainted for a while. When I opened my eyes, everything was dark and I couldn't see much. It was like the start of a film at the cinema before the picture has begun when the blank frames are just flashing up without any sound. His face and forearms were burned and his eardrums had ruptured. And in a daze, he got up and made his way to the Mitsubishi headquarters only to find that they were completely gone. Nothing but rubble in the building's place. So he heard that the railroad might still be running. So he attempted to head for the train station across the river, but the bridges were out. So he tried to describe by crawling over what was described by NPR as a log jam of corpses.
0: Oh man. It's
1: horrifying mental image. And when that didn't work, he managed to make his way across one single railroad beam and catch a train home from Hiroshima where he could reunite with his family in Nagasaki. Oh, fuck. What? Yep. (laughs) So he makes it back to Nagasaki and he spends a day resting with his wife and son. And the next day, he went to the Mitsubishi offices there to turn in his project, ever diligent Mm. as he was. At the office, he tried to explain what had happened uh, to his boss, who was basically like, buddy, you're an engineer. You know what you just described can't exist. There cannot be a bomb that destroys an entire town and it was as his boss was questioning the story that according to yamaguchi a white light swelled inside the room oh, he mate. prickled his skin and he hit the deck of the ship engineering office he, i thought the mushroom cloud followed me from hiroshima apparently some 150 people had the misfortune to be in both cities when they were bombed but to our knowledge Yamaguchi is one of only a handful who found themselves in the blast zone within 1.5 miles of ground zero of both.
0: That's incredible.
1: Right? Absolutely. Did the second wild. one
0: kill him? Did he No, he
1: survived it. He survived that. He his wife and his son survived. They went on to have two more kids after that um mm. and the the kids they had later were not affected by radiation it didn't seem at all they were maybe a little sicklier than other kids their age when they got around middle school
0: uh-huh. uh,
1: but they were fine um his son suffered from some little radiation things and his wife ended up dying of cancer but yeah. she didn't die of cancer until she was like in her 80s so it was okay. probably related to the fallout but she was old, so she might have gotten cancer anyway. Do you? Call, I mean,
0: um, do we file that as good or bad coincidence? Do we file that as good or bad? Right? <laughs>
1: I mean, I'm going to say it's a bad coincidence to yeah. end up in the places where two bombs, like having to crawl across a log jam of corpses.
0: Yeah, fairly Okay, fair enough. You,
1: yeah, I'm going to call that bad coincidence. But sold. his getting out is a good thing.
0: Mm, no, I completely agree. And uh, this, this there's no other way of, of coming at it, right? Coincident, the random factor like that is totally, you know, there's there's no uh, there's no influencing it, there's no mm-hmm. predicting it. It is completely straight down the line, completely fair. Yeah. And, you know, on the other side of the coin toss, mm-hmm. good shit happens
1: oh, absolutely. to
0: people just by random coincidence, day in and day out. Um, but not just on a, on a, on a personal level on a, but on a, on a planetary level mm. on a cosmic level right yeah. coincidences that we completely take for granted but when you just look a little bit deeper at them it's absolutely wild that some of the stuff that we know to be true that some <laughs> of the stuff that we know to be within our reality is, is even exists when was the last time you you really looked at the moon it's
1: a good question it's it's been a minute mm.
0: okay isn't it interesting, right, how to the naked eye, the human observer standing on the face of the earth, the sun and the moon both appear to be pretty much the same size? Yeah, that's true. Have you ever thought that through?
1: I guess not really.
0: The the, the moon, right, is... the Well, put it like this. The sun is about 400 times bigger than the moon.
1: Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Right? Yeah.
0: So the fact that they are both positioned Mm. at distances which make them both the absolute identical size to the human eye is insane the fact that eclipses solar eclipses can exist right like i said the sun is about 400 times bigger than the moon the moon is what 385 kilometers away from the earth the sun is 150 million kilometers away from the earth both perfectly positioned so that they appear the same size to us
1: that is fascinating, because obviously their placement isn't random, nope. but the way they appear yes. is, in a sense. You the know, fact like... these
0: two heavenly bodies of vastly different yes. scales and sizes are both positioned at just the right distances from us to both look the same size.
1: Huh. I've never thought about that before.
0: not that fucked?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's funny.
0: Yeah. Crazy shit. Cosmic coincidences, Cosmic which we just accept as 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 just part of air quotes the way things are Mm -hmm. but they are you know the only reason they're the way things are is due to a a absolutely phenomenally unlikely set of variables
1: yeah absolutely i mean boy so much about our world and existence is exactly like that Mm. but on the other end of things again some people just keep ending up in the wrong places at the wrong time multiple times let's talk about violet jessup does that name sound familiar to you
0: Violet Jessup.
1: Violet Jessup.
0: No, uh, but she sounds like a made-up name. (laughs) uh, That's a pure Chris Morris name. That is a a brass-eye name.
1: (laughs) Well, she was a real woman, and that was her real name. Violet Jessup was born in Argentina. She was the first of five children of Irish emigrants. And when her sheep father Farmer passed away, she and her family moved to England, where her mother became a stewardess for the Royal Mail Line, and Violet went to convent school. Mm-hmm. But when her mother fell ill, Violet left school and took a job as a stewardess herself. She worked 17 hours a day for a little over two pound a month on the White Star Line's Olympic. And despite the hours, she actually really liked the job.
0: Nice.
1: But there was a big new ship in town. And her friends convinced her it would be the experience of a lifetime to join its crew and cater to the VIPs on board. So Violet Jessup jumped ship from the Olympic and made her way to Southampton for the yes. maiden voyage of the Jewel of the yes. White Star Line, the Titanic. <laughs> yes. Now, obviously, I don't think I'm gonna have to do a lot of explaining uh, what happened here, but in case you've never heard of the Titanic, uh, much like the gal I saw and I literally just told you the other night, who was unfamiliar with Prince Charles, the boat sunk, or yeah, it
0: did.
1: sank, sunk, sank, sunk. sunk. It stopped being on top of the water yeah. and started being under the water. Uh, And it took a shit ton of people with it. Violet managed a place in one of the lifeboats, and as it was being lowered into the water, a baby was placed in her lap, and she was told to look after it. So she did. For eight hours, until she was rescued by the Carpathia, she held Mm. on to that baby. And once she was on the uh, Carpathia, suddenly a woman ran up, grabbed the baby out of her arms, and ran away without so much as a thank you. uh, Which was... Weird, but Violet was tired and cold and mostly just glad to be alive, so she didn't super care. Apparently made of strong stuff, this did not keep Violet Jessup permanently off the water, as it likely would have done for me. Like, if I survive a plane crash, bet your bottom fucking dollar I'm done with the sky for the rest of my life. Just Hmm. not going back. (laughs) But Violet went right back to work on the Olympic and served there till 1914 when she joined the war effort as a nurse for the British Red Cross. She was stationed on the HMS Britannic, sister ship to the Titanic and Olympic. On November 21st, 1916, the Olympic struck a mine in the Aegean Sea and ran aground trying to get to shore. Violet managed to get into a lifeboat once again, but the propellers of the half-sunk ship were like exposed above water and were pulling them back toward the boat.
0: Oh, I can see it. I can, yeah. I can see it in my right? mind's eye.
1: That image to me, for some reason, really <laughs> hits. Yeah, 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 yeah chopping yeah, yeah. the water halfway in and out. Uh, she fell from the lifeboat and she hit her head on the keel of the ship and had to be dragged back into the lifeboat. Once again, though, Violet survived the violent sinking of an extremely famous ship more or less unscathed. Although years later, she went to the doctor complaining of headaches, and it turned out she had actually fractured her skull when she went overboard. But all things considered, between surviving the Titanic and the Olympic, mm. not not the worst that could happen, mm. but some real shit luck.
0: Hell of a story.
1: <laughs> I actually Hell read a, a really good... A ghost book that was a fictionalized version of Violet Jessup's story and oh, I love it deeply I want to reread it it's called um, The Deep by Alma Katsu mm. and I highly recommend it a,
0: a lot of these are kind of how can the same shit happen to the same guy yeah. twice stories aren't they you know it's <laughs> incredible and uh, you talk about it. see I'm, I'm, I'm uh, of a, a different mindset to you if I was involved in a plane crash if I walked away from a plane crash I would 100% get on a plane again because the odds of a plane yeah, crash how could are that 1 that in 11 again. million. Exactly, 1 in 11 million.
1: Yeah, right? say it to Violet the, Jessup.
0: Well, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> or indeed, um, uh, Martin de Jonger, right? Okay. I, I, I think I'm pronouncing that name right. Martin de Jong, uh, a Danish guy who was a professional cyclist, right? He was a, uh, a Dutch, sorry, not Danish, a Dutch guy, He's a professional cyclist, rode, uh, you know, competitively, uh, throughout its entire career. Now, 1 in 11 million are the odds of a passenger plane crash. Keep that in mind. Okay. And also keep in mind that 2014 was a shitty year uh, for Malaysia Airlines.
1: Yeah, yeah, not a great one.
0: Really poor, really poor. Um, in, uh, early in the year, there was flight MH17, which got shot down over the Ukraine. And later in the year, you had that flight, which completely that vanished. disappeared, yep. Yeah, just straight up. Blipped out of existence, MH370. Um, This guy, Martin de Jong, uh, was due to be on the first flight, right? He was due Mm. to be on MH17, uh, but very, very close to the flight taking off. He found a cheaper flight elsewhere (laughs) on a different airline, so changed his ticket. Wow. I know. Uh, He said, at the time, I realized how a split-second decision like that would decide how your life is going to be. And those things don't tend to happen twice.
1: <laughs> oh boy!
0: He was also supposed to be on flight MH370.
1: Jesus Christ!
0: But changed his ticket again to avoid like a long layover. Oh my uh, God. Wanted a quicker flight, so jumped off that flight too. He was supposed to be on both of those. See lazy that shit? Flights.
1: I would never fly again. The mm. third time you're supposed to be on the flight, you're just gonna end up on the flight and die. That's. That's some Final Destination shit but right Even a there. crash
0: is one in 11 million, right? Yeah. The odds of getting shot down or the odds of just straight <laughs> up va- blipping out of existence, yeah. doing a line of layers and just fucking vanishing. <laughs> and that guy fucking just for, you two know, times. for,
1: for times, purely frivolous
0: reasons dodged that fucking bullet twice. It's
1: fucking wild. Absolutely wild. Shit. And was aware of it, you know, because I think, you know, we make... A decision like that and maybe we do mm-hmm. avoid disaster and we would never know it though like because like say I was going to buy a ticket on some plane yes uh and then I was like oh I like the layover of this one better or whatever I don't memorize what that other ticket was no, for if something happens yeah, yeah, to yeah. that plane I'm not necessarily thinking oh I was supposed to be on that mm. <laughs> you know so to know twice that you made a last minute decision to avoid those things is absolutely wild Incredible. as well. Now sometimes people are in the wrong place at the wrong time even more than twice and they can start to to feel a little cursed by it. Mm-hmm. Take for example Robert Todd Lincoln. He was the son of Abraham Lincoln and yeah. he had the misfortune to be present at or nearby for the assassinations of not one, not two, but three. U.S. presidents. Oh, wow. Yeah. As you probably know, his father was assassinated by John Wilkes Booth on a night out at Ford's Theater to see the play Our American Cousin. Yeah, sure. Robert was not physically present at the play, though. He had been invited, but he decided to hit the hay a little early that night and stayed home. But he was awakened and told that his father had been shot, so he rushed to the Peterson house where his father was taken and was present when he died at 722 AM on April 15th, 1865. So he largely stayed away from political office in the years following, knowing the main reason people pressured him to run, which did happen a lot, was on the strength of his name and not on his particular skills and qualities. Nonetheless, in 1881, he agreed to take on the role of President James A. Garfield's Secretary of War. On July 2nd, Robert Lincoln was meant to join Garfield and several of his cabinet members on a train journey to New England. But circumstances made it so that he and his family would have to wait and join them the next day, July 3rd. Uh This was almost the lucky break that saved Robert from having to experience the violent murder of another president. Yeah, yeah. Only at the time, of course, you couldn't just like text someone and be like, hey, I'm not going to make it. I'll see you tomorrow. So he went to the train station to inform the president himself of the delay. And it was as he was approaching Garfield at the train depot that he watched Charles Guiteau walk up to the president and shoot him twice from behind.
0: Holy shit.
1: Yeah. Now, Lincoln's decisive actions were actually instrumental in getting the president aid and securing the area quickly. But due to a bevy of factors I won't go into now, but would love to at a later date because the story is fascinating. Mm. Garfield ended up spending 79 excruciating days clinging to life before mercifully shedding this mortal coil. Robert said after the event, quote, how many hours of sorrow I have passed in this town. But it turned out it wasn't just Washington, D.C. where he'd find himself the harbinger of tragedy. In 1901, Lincoln and his family, who are now living in Chicago, spent the summer vacationing in the sunny paradise of New Jersey. (laughs) On their journey home, they decided to make a stopover in Buffalo, New York, which was holding that year's Pan American Exposition, what we usually refer to as a World's Fair. Immediately upon arriving at the station on September 6th, he was handed a telegram that read, President McKinley was shot down by an anarchist in Buffalo this afternoon. He was hit twice in, the ad, twice in the abdomen, condition serious. So, indeed, a wannabe anarchist named Leon Scholgosh had waded through the reception line for the president at the fair, concealing a gun under a handkerchief. Upon reaching McKinley, rather than reaching for a handshake, he shot him twice in the stomach. So Robert rushed to the home where McKinley was resting after surgery and was heartened to find that the president seemed like he was bound for recovery. Two days later, he went to see him again, his condition seeming even more improved. It seemed at long last the curse of Robert Todd Lincoln was broken until one week later when infection struck and old William McKinley left the land of the living. It's said that from that point forward, Robert Todd Lincoln refused to ever be in the president, the presence of a president again, considering himself cursed. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. After having all of his siblings also die tragically earlier in life uh, and watching his mother descend into madness as a result and being too close for comfort to three assassinations, you wouldn't really blame him if he was like, yeah, I'm out, not doing that. Uh, but there's no actual evidence he made that promise. And in fact, he was pres- present at the dedication of the Lincoln Memorial by President Warren G. Harding, who went on to we live die. on another 18 whole months good. after that. Good, good, good.
0: But it truly like a champion
1: of dark coincidences.
0: Jessica Fletcher syndrome.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right. You know I mean? Why are so you many people up. dying around that old lady? Uh,
0: um, yeah. Fascinating <laughs> shit. Um, yeah, I'm surprised
1: other people didn't refuse to be around him more than anything oh, else. Like, there had to have been people who were like, stay the fuck away from
0: Robert Todd Lincoln. Yeah. Guys are the jinx. Yeah. <laughs> have you seen that? Uh, I'm I'm certain you will have done that bullshit uh, kind of early email chain meme about the crazy similarities. Oh, yeah. Between the JFK two JFK and,
1: uh, and Lincoln. Yep.
0: They... Both of them had seven letters in yeah, their name. Exactly. Both of them something-something civil rights. Yeah. Just lists of just horse shit, right, mm-hmm. that you can draw uh, kind of relationships between. But there are plenty of situations, right, which are far better documented than that and which hold way more water, not mm. just circumstantial kind of nonsense. Right. But similarities between disparate lives, which... The, the the sheer volume of coincidences if you were somebody who wanted to reach mm-hmm. for you know de- intelligent design or divine purpose you it's 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 giving it to you on a plate right <laughs> um have you heard of the two gyms have you heard of the gym twins
1: i don't think so tell me about them
0: oh this is so cool and this is
1: oh actually the- i think i do know about this but go on yeah
0: all of this stuff is is well documented, right? Uh, so in 1940, 1940 in Ohio, right? So you've got a pair of twins, uh, a pair of twin brothers, twin boys, separated at birth and both given up for adoption, okay? Um, and they, they, they ended up living quite close to one another, but totally unaware of one another's existence, right? They lived just 40 miles away from one another, That's but grew up totally unaware of, of, of how close they were to their twin sibling, but the the coincidences just stack up and stack up and stack up during their life. It's fucking mad. Firstly, they both ended up being called Jim, right? One was Jim, and one was James. Both they're both Jims. Right. They're adopted families. They both had a brother called Larry. <laughs> right.
1: Considering my dad's name is Jim and his brother's name's Larry, all right, this this adds up. Fine.
0: <laughs> um, in their youth, they both had a dog. Named Toy.
1: Toy. What?
0: Work that shit out. That's not even
1: a dog name.
0: They both married a lady called Linda. (laughs) Right? And both got divorced from the Lady Linda.
1: Their respective Lindas.
0: Yeah. They both remarried a lady called Betty. (laughs) I shit you not.
1: So wild.
0: Both of them had a son which they named James Allen.
1: First and middle name.
0: Yeah. The only difference is the spelling. One of them was A-L-A-N. The other was A-L-L-E-N. But they both had a son called James Allen. What the fuck? That's
1: so bananas. What the
0: fuck? (laughs) Uh, And lots of other kind of of satellite coincidences as well. They both worked as security guards. Mm -hmm. And they both drove an identical uh, make and model Chevrolet car. That's so
1: wild. Work that out. Yeah, that's one of those things where it's beyond even you know because there's always questions of like nature versus nurture and things sure, like that sure, sure. like and, and how much are you know, people they became, like they became the
0: study of lots of of as you can imagine lots of as they when they were reunited which they were right yeah uh, the medical and scientific community fucking converged yeah, right, on these guys
1: but did you ever see the documentary three identical strangers
0: uh i know of it but oh, i haven't seen it
1: you should watch it it's incredible um, and horrifyingly depressing, but really incredible. Mm-hmm. And it is the story of these three guys who were um, separated at birth, adopted by different families, and they grow up stunningly similar. Wow. Stunningly. Really? Um, and just, again, the coincidence and coincidences and coincidences. And they grow up, I think, fairly close to one another, too. They reunite and they're doing all kinds of talk show circuits and things like that yeah. because their mannerisms are the same. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. everything about them is so incredibly similar. Um, and it turns out that the origin of this is, like, almost Nazi-esque, Nazi-adjacent adjacent of um, American uh, experiments on twins where they were intentionally separated oh, like this and to, you know, as essentially, like, experimentation. And there were other twins who were like this, too, um, and triplets like this as well. Um, but it's a fascinating story, very tragic in, in many different ways, but... Just incredible to watch the ways in which their lives converged in various ways. Um, And in fact, the way that this starts was that, like, the way they found out about uh, each other started Mm. with one of them, like, by chance meeting someone who thought he was his brother. And it turned out like they were going to the same college or something like that. (laughs) Just by pure happenstance it was like oh so cool. wait <laughs> people it was like people kept like calling out to me across campus and stuff like that but it <laughs> wasn't me um and yeah so three identical strangers i highly recommend as a Thank you. story like do you know that what, well.
0: where i can find it well it, it was
1: on hulu here for a while i'm sure it's got to be okay. i mean i'm with your you know internet foo you'll be able to figure it out as well but yes i'm um, sure And I think I watched it on an airplane. So I think it's pretty readily available. And I think you will really be interested in it.
0: Thank you. I'll seek that out this week. Mm
1: -hmm. I'm out of coincidences, Mark. You got any more?
0: I do, as it happens. Tell me more. uh, Similar to the Jim Twins, but a little bit more recent from here in good old United Kingdom. (laughs) Um, Check this out, right? So uh, we're in
1: 2001.
0: Okay. And a 10-year-old girl is at a party at her grandparents' house, right? It's their anniversary. And there are balloons, there are helium balloons, and they decide, her granddad uh, kind of encourages her to release a helium balloon into the sky, uh, but to tie her name and address to it in the Mm -hmm. hopes of finding a pen friend. You know what I mean? Message in a ball. let the balloon go. Yeah. Which she does. Which she does. Now, a few days later, 140 miles away, right? Still in the UK, but 140 miles off. The balloon is found in a hedge by a landowner and reads the name, Laura Buxton. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, his neighbor's child is called Laura Buxton. I'll give the balloon to her. Maybe it's hers. I don't know. Gives the balloon to Laura. And that's when the coincidences begin to stack up <laughs> because Laura Buxton is the same age as Laura Buxton. Okay. Uh, they are very similar in terms of their appearance. Same color eyes, same color hair. Both unusually tall for their age range, four foot seven, way above the average for a 10 year old girl. Okay. Um, both very similar in terms of their likes at school. Um, both have black Labrador dogs. <laughs> Are they both named have, Toy? Uh, they're not, they're <laughs> different names. Uh, they both keep a grey rabbit. They both have wow. guinea pigs. Wow. Guinea pigs, which have actually similar markings on their fur, interestingly.
1: <laughs> Amazing. I love uh, guinea pigs.
0: I love guinea pigs too. I love the noise. Yeah, that they the make.
1: noise is amazing. Wee, wee,
0: wee, wee, wee. They're like little mini capybaras, aren't they? They're like little yeah, <laughs> thank I... you. <laughs> I didn't know I could do such a good guinea. No, pig. that's
1: really impressive. Uh, um, but I have thought about since my capybara dreams were were destroyed of getting for now anyway of getting guinea pigs as a.
0: Destroyed how? Who's destroyed your dreams of owning a capybara?
1: Well, we were like this close. It was like about to happen, and then, unfortunately, the internet told us that uh, they need like a whole heated barn in the winter. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. They're extremely. Uh, we got time uh, for that. Sensitive to cold. Oh,
0: fair enough. Yeah. Uh- I've also been told, and I don't know if this is true or not, but I've been told and this i am gonna push you over the edge of getting guinea pigs. If you have several guinea pigs, you can train them to walk behind you in a line.
1: Oh no, I've seen it. There's like there's Instagrams of this and it's my favorite thing. Amazing. I love it so much. They're so cute. I'm getting a guinea pig, that's it. Keo Oh, they also They,
0: <laughs> they also eat their young. They also commit infantaphagia. so Do they? watch that. Yes, they do. They categorically care. I didn't
1: know that they were him. amongst the ones that did that. Yes, they do. That's will. okay. I won't. They're I won't then. have babies.
0: Um, The Laura Buxtons, their parents Buxtons. convinced them to meet up. They, mm-hmm. they remain friends to this day, in fact. Uh, and Aww. when they met up, they were both wearing identical clothes.
1: No, come on.
0: Jeans. Yes. Sir.
1: <laughs> That's amazing.
0: Indeed. Amazing coincidence. But if you were given, if you were somebody looking for meaning amidst right. the madness. Mm-hmm. You can see, can't you, why somebody would go, ah, this, this, this can't be a yeah, coincidence. there's no such
1: thing as coincidence. Well, Everything happens friends, for a reason.
0: We here at Joag are here to tell you that, yes, it can, and yeah. yes, it does.
1: All the time. Yep. Every single day. Every moment <laughs> of every day. Grow up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is delightful to go through those, those coincidences, Mark. I yeah. love a coincidence.
0: Um... You sent me a screen grab of that first tweet.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, very disappointing to see the profile picture and see a younger and slimmer and more handsome version of me. <laughs> I think that's only from like two years ago because it was the profile picture when <laughs> like when I took that. Years. It's been a rough couple years.
1: <laughs> yeah, we all we've all aged. A little bit since then. I have always been the person who, like, every time people see me, they're like, "You look exactly the same as you did," or like, they look at pictures like, they look exactly the same. And now, when I look at myself, I'm like, "No, nah, I actually, I do look yeah. older now." Yeah, it's, it's happened. It's, I've it's finally happened. aged. It's caught up. <laughs> it's fine. I'm not afraid. It is
0: fine. No, not at all.
1: <laughs> so, friends, if you have any crazy coincidences that have happened in your life,
0: oh, I'd love to hear them. I would absolutely would love, love to hear them. hear them. Just shit that just has has, has befallen you or has landed upon you. Hey, if if you're comfortable sharing, good or bad, we'd love to know the freaky coincidences that have led you to where you are today. We love that shit.
1: Absolutely. So hit us Mm. up on all the socials and uh, look out for the snack of All Graves coming out for Mm. everyone's enjoyment uh, within a couple days. And friends. And maybe, hey,
0: carve out a couple of hours to come and watch Christian Bale Mm. in what Slash Film called the (laughs) sixth best film about dragons uh, Mm. out of 15. Christian Bale, Matthew McConaughey, Mad Max in a post-apocalyptic dragon-filled London. Fucking sounds good to me.
1: Sounds like a blast. I can't wait. Mm. So we'll see you there, dear friends. And until then, please, for the love of God, stay spooky.